Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Community of Church podcast. I'm Gabriel Young, the Director of Audiovisual. This is our second week in the season of Lent, and today Pastor Bill has a sermon all about the preparation and mission of Jesus Christ, and about our own preparation and mission as the body of Christ. Hope you enjoy. Good morning, good morning. It's good to see you all today. What a great day to worship the Lord, and I know many... Uh, are here today, but some are off vacationing at spring break for a number of schools. Uh, what's great about spring break, or actually what's great about worship and uh, the Sabbath, you can do that anywhere. And so we just give thumbs up. If you're wherever, if you're at the lake, you're at Disney World, you can, you can worship. Amen? Amen. But we're here together, and we've gathered, and uh, I'm so glad to do that with you. A couple of things just before we get started. I uh, wanted to give you, I try to every now and then just reflect on things that are going on. This is a photo I happened to see on one of our, one of the Facebook posts. And I just love seeing younger being taught by older. Do you like that? I mean, that's a little bit older teaching a little bit younger. And that's, how many say that's amazing? That's wonderful. Absolutely. Now look to your neighbor and say, well, you are a little bit older and there's a lot of little bit youngers in there and we can do the same thing. So you didn't know where I was going with that. Uh, also, uh, we try to uh, first want to say thank you. This is uh, Blake Russ. He works in the uh, you, with the student ministry, works in worship ministry. But uh, this is Pastor Tyler. He tries to take folks out, and I do too. To, so if you all are needing a, a time to be taken out, just call us. We like to eat, and so we will, we can find a breakfast or a coffee date or whatever. But we'd like to love on uh, our the people who God has uh, put in our uh, immediate circles and try to encourage them. That's what they were doing one day. Um, one other thing is last week we had a, another group, a, a group that's actually an Irish, if I remember right, uh, two of the, I got to sit down and visit with the band. There's three of them. One's out of Portland, Maine, and two of them out of Chicago. And I thought you might like to just get a, a glim- glimpse of what happened here last week. And it's called Open Door for Three. So that's just a taste. There was a whole uh, concert, and then I think actually this Saturday coming up, the Berlin, Byron Berline Band will be here also. And I love what uh, was said earlier, and that is, you know, the world tends to come our direction i don't understand it but we receive it we uh, thank the lord for uh, being a place where we can gather people from all over i know the byron Berline band being here draws people from a global audience and you say well that's their music and what does that have to do with us i can tell you there are people praying over this room and over this campus that god would have his way and when you walk up here whether you plan to or not you're going to run into him amen i believe the love of god and the care of god so i just want to give hats off to the lord and what he's up to um, we are in a season that many call Lent. It's a time, it's the 40 days prior to Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday. Um, and we've been in, uh, this is kind of part two of, it's a season of preparation. You know, when we think about uh, getting prepared for things, many of us, there, there are certain personalities in this room that, man, you are a preparer. How many of you all get ready for Easter? How many aren't telling me the truth? All right. Well, I want to give you some statistics because there's a lot of preparation that goes into Easter. And here's some things I got off of the internet. I'm sure they're 100% true. 
Uh, no, anyway, but it's uh, reflecting on last year, the, uh, the most popular church day uh, that was recorded is, of course, Easter. Most of you all would agree with that. Uh, some other facts that 71% of Americans uh, will find themselves doing something related to Easter. It's interesting, though, that only 50 to 60% of the Oklahomans call themselves Christians. I thought, you know, we would have thought Bible buckle, Bible belt, everybody here. Well, that's not true based on some recent statistics. Also, Easter doesn't mean they went to church. Look at here, 81% of the Americans, or 8 out of 10, will celebrate in some way the, the Easter weekend or that Easter celebration. Now, that may be uh, Easter bunnies and green grass, you know, and plastic green grass and all that, but I don't know. Uh, but 89% will purchase some kind of candy. How many would agree you're one of those 89% that usually purchases, or you don't purchase it, but you eat it? All right, that's most of us. All right, 61% will visit friends or family or have them over. 57.9%, you know, will plan to cook a meal. How many plan to eat on Easter Sunday? If you're not raising your hand, you are not telling the truth. You will be eating somewhere, I promise. On Easter Sunday, 50% will go to church. Now, that is a surprising statistic. Because when you think about uh, Easter, and if it's the highest, most popular, then why aren't our little, I, th- I just assumed everybody was in church, right? What an opportunity for you to invite somebody or encourage somebody to go to a local church. We want everybody to have a church family, amen? Can I tell you, we don't necessarily, they have to, don't have to necessarily make community their family, but we want them to go to a Christ-believing, Bible-believing church and get plugged in, Amen. 48% will buy clothing. You know, you sure can't wear that old Easter outfit, right? Men, I know you're telling me. Okay, no. 35% plan to go on an Easter egg hunt. That probably can happen. We had kids. We did that. Uh, here's what is amazing, is how much is sewn into, not just time, not just planning, but $18 billion will go into Easter. 2.6 you can kind of see a little bit of the breakdown it's crazy of how much is going to be sown into that one day i believe the lord wants us to always sow but he talks about sowing and reaping there's a principle of that we always want to sow into the kingdom amen so we got to be careful about how we sow even though it might be tradition we got to be careful there's a lot of preparation when it comes to resurrection sunday But I want us to go back, and and as we have been studying this time of Lent, I've been trying to look at this uh, from a different vantage point, to kind of look at it in something that's non-traditional. And the Lord led me to talking about the fact that preparation, you know, Resurrection Sunday didn't sneak up on Jesus. You know, go all the way back to the very first time. He knew when he came to the earth, when God sent him from heaven, when he stepped out of heaven and stepped here in the form of a Christ child, he was coming to die. He knew that the whole time he was here, at least in the, the God side of him. Of course, he was 100% God, 100% human, right? Y'all ever thought about it that way? So from the time he uh, arrived, he was in preparation, and you say, what kind of preparation? If he's God, he doesn't have to prepare very much. He's God. But there's a, there's a part of the preparation that he was connected to called mankind. And so we know that in the, uh, the, the ministry of Jesus, that from birth through 12 years of age, we knew he, and we can find this in Scripture, that he grew. We can assume, obviously, he was a son, he was a brother. And so he kind of began to grow up as a young boy. But at age 13, the Jewish culture is that's a bar mitzvah. It's a 
rite of passage is when they begin to shift into now you're a young man and so he began to grow in wisdom and stature and favor with god and man you know we should look at our young people and i believe in the united states we don't have the very good rites of passage the ones we have are really not wholesome but we need to look at our young people and and say hey when you become a teenager that's that's not then oh you're one of those no 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 you, you know god is now opening up more for you do you hear what how you shift shift the whole direction there and you begin to take intentionality and and to build into their life because they too can grow in wisdom and stature and the favor with god and man would you all agree with that give me a hand sir so so that's one of the the things that we believe that god is doing in our church is to help us help parents because it's really the parents responsibility but we're going to come alongside you and we want to help you in raising up a generation raising up helping you with where, where they're at but what helping them grow in wisdom and stature and then favor how many would love their kids to wind up with more favor of the lord well guess what we can do that and it happens back there in, in the nursery in the elementary it happens with our students but it happens in your home if we're intentional so jesus then after that period of time we don't hear a lot about uh, him you know at age six raising the uh, bringing the kitty out of the tree or raising dogs out of the i no. But at age 30, approximately, he begins a public ministry. He enters into ministry with the public in a way that we begin to see in the Gospels. And you think, how in the world can all of a sudden he be able to do this? There's an anointing, okay? An anointing is, is a representation of, of the Holy Spirit, or at least that God is pouring out an authority, a provision. And out of Luke chapter 4, it says this, and this is Jesus speaking. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is on upon me. And can I tell you, as we look at this study today, this same, these same truths and principles that were uh, at the first Easter Sunday are applicable today. So he says it's upon him, but there's a comma, and it says, because he has anointed me to what? To proclaim good news to the poor. To do what else? He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. How many of us know there are people that are capt held captive by their, their vices or held captive by their, their situations or circumstances? How many know they've been held captive sometimes by their sin? But proclaim liberty to the to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set what at liberty those who are oppressed there's a lot of people that are oppressed still in this world but that's what he came to do and then in verse 19 to proclaim there's a lot of proclaiming going on how many of you all have ever proclaimed about the sale that you got it at it at, at, at the mall or proclaimed about your new fishing reel and rod or proclaimed about your new motorcycle or whatever i mean we do a lot of proclaiming as people but jesus said i came i was anointed to do what because there was a reason behind it and god god's the spirit of god was upon him so that he could proclaim even the year of the lord's favor wow god didn't call you to anything he doesn't also empower you to do and you say well why did jesus come uh, john piper wrote a book called 10 reasons jesus came and i i hear just 10 of them okay and I, there's a lot of reasons but look here number one to destroy hostility between the races i was watching a documentary last night on billy graham amazing amazing to watch from the black and white days <laughs> in the 40s and 50s all the way up until his last breath and can i tell you he did not see color he saw all 
every tongue, every tribe. He says Jesus died for all. He went overseas and he did many things that we are unaware of that dealt with racial things. He even went down and took down the ropes that some of the people, the, the, the producers had separated the, the, this color and that color. And he says, I'll have it not because God does not have it not. But you know what? We too live in a culture that has sometimes these dividing lines. But can I tell you, Jesus came to destroy that. Jesus came to destroy that. Every tongue and every tribe. Number 10 or, or, or 9 out of this, these 10 to give marriage its deepest meaning. And these are references I'd encourage you to look up. He, he, he began to talk about the church and the bride of Christ and him as the groom. He began to you say, look, marriage is to be the model that represents my relationship with you. And, and it's sacred and that's why it's so much important and more important than just getting insurance or, or somehow saying that you're in love. It's, it's something very, very important. It's a covenant with God. And it's saying this is going to be one of those anchor points for our world to see. Thank you for those of you that fight hard for your marriage to bring glory to God through it. And may you that have been wounded, because I can tell you my wife and I didn't start off doing marriage with God at the helm. We had a great performance marriage. But as we learn to love God more, he taught us how to love each other more the way it's supposed to be. I'll, that's a whole other message. I'll just get off that. But may you have God in your marriage for sure. Number eight, to absorb the wrath of God. Can I tell you that none of us want the wrath of God? How many, how many know you don't want the wrath? In fact, you, don't, you sure don't want the amount of wrath you should get from God because of our sin. And he came to absorb it. He also uh, came to, to help us escape the curse of the law in Galatians 3.13 says. And, and that's another reason that we can celebrate him. It goes on to say he came to reconcile us to God. And reconciliation is an accounting term. And it's where you, it's not just to pay the sin debt. I mean, I think a lot of times we just, what's the bottom line? Let me get down to the bottom line. You know, he's like, let's talk about reconciling this attribute of God and this component of God and this desire of God for you and how are you doing in it and it said I'm trying to line you up with heavenly things the the original designer wants to get your design back into what it was designed to do did I use design three or four times just then I didn't practice that reconciliation he came to show god's love for sinners and you say thank goodness because i was a sinner and, and and yet i can tell you that many times i see the church forgetting that he still likes those people you don't I mean, he loved you before you loved him and that was a good thing because it led you into a salvation experience but he said look i'm trying to keep showing you that i love sinners i do love you and i have a love for you but he loves sinners did you know he went into the places like tax collectors you know they were having a party they probably serving stuff you're not supposed to serve in in the church culture but he went there why to share the good news he, he spoke to prostitutes he talked to people that had adulterous affairs and was in the middle of them. He wasn't ashamed to, to pull up and say, let's talk. He pulled up to people of opposite color with hope in his words, not condemnation. That's what he came to do is to show us to have a love for sinners, have a love for us, to take away condemnation, to take away guilt and shame. He came to bring us to God. That's his whole mission. Before the first, there was a lot of preparation, and he came and he had a life revealing to us 
all these things and it and, and then in its final place to give us eternal life to make that way of ultimate restoration so that for eternity we would be with him amen how many will think that's a pretty good list of 10 there's many more but those are great but let me give you one more i believe that after the first easter after the first uh, death burial and resurrection and then 40 days later the ascension after that there was still a mission or he wouldn't have left us here on earth and here's what i believe he also did is he became he came here to prepare the way for the kingdom of god see in the early days the way the gospel the way we believe as christians that was christ that they called it the way and he came to show us the way now he's not a way but he's the way to, to, to the lord to be restored and so he's saying here's the way for my the kingdom to come in fact he said when somebody asked how do you how do you pray he says we pray thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven so there's a part of the preparation for the rest of us until the second coming and that's when the kingdom of god actually gets established here forever and ever and ever everybody believe that jesus is coming back have you read it in scripture you know it's sooner today than it was yesterday i really believe he's coming soon and i don't know you've heard me say this before i'm not on the planning committee he didn't call you to be on the planning committee he just wants you to be on the welcoming committee but he, but look he's prepared the way part so part of this preparation for this resurrection sunday is the same much like his preparation for the first resurrection sunday he said i'm preparing a people for my kingdom to come the question is do you know the way the question is uh, have you found the way i mean you, you can say well i know jesus and what and the scripture even says you might even cast out demons in his name but one day you're going to stand and he's going to say i never knew you and at that point you can't do anything about it so do you know the way have you accepted the way and can i just say is your name in the lamb's book of life that's what you've got to have your name in and you go well i hope so but i'm gonna come back to that in just a minute okay that's a very important thing so preparation we talked about he grew as a son and a brother he grew in wisdom and stature and favor he began a public ministry and then he said at the very last of his ministry i'm going to transfer the mission to you i'm going to transfer the mantle to you now some of you may say oh, i thought a mantle was a fireplace thing and you put stuff on it well if you spell it differently it is a mantle and if you say well i thought it was a cloak like uh, john the baptist were well that's the same spelling but in this case we're talking about a position an office let me give you some tidbits here it first was seen in the old testament elijah left his cloak behind when he ascended into heaven remember that glorious ascent and, and this new prophet elijah picked it up this mantle to wear and so some people thought that the garment itself was some kind of special something can i tell you it wasn't it was the fact that he was anointed by god it was the position and the power of god many of us have been given places of appointment that means you have authority robe cloak garment but let's move past that into authority and responsibility that was connected to someone's position and duties and beliefs it's taking and assuming the mantle of someone or something is it is what to take on a specific role see when jesus said it is finished 
and he paid for our sin and he breathed his last breath and he was put into the tomb and three days later he arose and 40 days later he ascended into heaven he said hang on because the holy spirit's going to be given to you why because you're going to do greater things than i did here on earth and so there was a transfer going on to us look to somebody and say are you a believer and if they say i'm not looking back right now this is two point pastors on to something i don't want to get in trouble okay but no if you're a believer the mantle has been passed through the word and the holy spirit it's it, it's it says it sealed it because of that there was a way that christ did it when he was there he kind of showed us a model of he took 12 and it says here that he called them and then he sent them and then a little later on it says that the lord appointed 72 he just begins to multiply and and he not only appointed them he sent them he said look go on out into the world go on out and do life but but you've now on a mission and and i don't know if you need to tell somebody but let me tell you everybody in here is on on a mission if you're a believer and and so it goes on from there we've read it is the last thing he says before he's nailed on the cross he said go therefore go make disciples train up not just your family but the nations and we know the rest of that so you say okay what about our preparation everybody in here is on a journey everybody in here found the lord at a different place in your life i i know that the day you said yes to him when it was absolutely real of what he has done for you you barely could get over it it was days before somebody said they're just kind of being weird right now i don't know what happened to them but we had those beginning years and that's not a biological time but we were growing into ministry we we had to learn we when we said yes to jesus we began to grow into ministry and then there was uh, of course what are we growing in it's it's called growing in grace and knowledge say grace and knowledge with me grace knowledge now why is that so important to grow in because if you do not grow in grace you cannot give grace you can come up to somebody and say you know what i don't really like those people they look funny smell funny they got things that poking out places i didn't know you could poke things out of and i don't really know why they're working in those kind of conditions and we'll just kind of avoid them and and how do you give grace well the only way you can give anybody grace is you've got to receive grace and you receive that grace and you receive it through also the knowledge that's the word of god and you have that in you and you cannot impart what you don't possess but as you possess it as you study it as you practice it you can give it away now you say well i really love jesus but i sure can't i just i just don't like organized religion just don't like that church stuff do you know why he said don't forsake the assembling you know why i i really believe it's because he knew there was knuckleheads like bill williams you're gonna have to learn how to get along with and, and that's how your grace grows you look at him and go man pastor bill's nuts keeps running around on the stage i'm afraid he's gonna fall off look at and you just have to say well i gotta give him grace just gotta give him grace and, and i'm not saying that you forgive everybody by saying it was okay no you say god I'm, I'm gonna give him over to you you know i know you can take care of pastor bill he needs a little help please help him you know those people but to grow in grace and knowledge of our lord jesus christ hebrews says this i love this it says therefore let us leave the elementary doctrine of christ and go on to maturity it's about growing up in maturity but here's what i love that same phrase go on is the same phrase of being carried forward how many of you been in a 
in a river or a stream that has some current in it maybe out at the ocean and the waves came in but then the back toe to pulled you out. i mean see there's a there's a carried forward though in a current but you got to get in and if you swim on out into the the good current of god in the in growing god will carry you forward into maturity he never asks you to do something he doesn't empower you to do. You say, well, so, Pastor, how, how does all this work in the modern day? I mean, I, I kind of can get this lead up to the first one. And I can tell you what, how it starts is he says he gives us apostles and prophets and teachers and shepherds. And the real reason in verse 12 is to equip you, to equip me for what? For easy street, for peace that passes all understanding, meaning I can have everything my way. No it's for the work everybody say work there's some work when it comes to ministry when you look at christ's life he had intentionality he worked at it because he had a plan there was a greater outcome that he was following it wasn't about pleasure or comfort and he says look it's for the work of the ministry i don't know if you need to point somebody but they need to work for the building up of the body of christ that's the work of the ministry it's about going you know i i really don't get along with that person but for the sake of the body of christ i'm going to help build up the body and i'm going to need some grace right now how long do you do it verse 13 says until we attain the unity of faith so it's going to take us a while but a unity of faith that god's got it god's over it all god's worth it to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the son of god to the mature man and woman to the maturity and to the measure and here's how to measure your maturity to the measure of the stature of the fullness of christ basically we're going to do this until i look like jesus christ and i've got a ways to go how about you he said look i'm this is what we're to do we're no longer to be children we're to continue to grow we're not to just grow to where it's just comfortable enough to deal with those things without having victory no he's saying look do you look like jesus yet then keep growing keep trusting keep being built up so our beginning years we're growing that's why we get together and do things together because people are difficult one pastor told me man i love the ministry it's just i just don't if it weren't for the people it'd be all easy that is the ministry then when you get in the ministry and that starts at any time then there's the years of proclaiming and show we're just modeling christ they're proclaiming and showing that's living a life for christ proclaiming what look what it says here in first peter he says, look, he reminds you, look, you're priests, you're, you're holy, you're, you've been bought with a price, you've been set apart. There's something I did when you said yes to me. You inherited, the transfer has happened. It says you are living stones being built up as a spiritual house. It says you're a holy priesthood. And some of you are going, I did not come to church with a priest. But you are if you're a believer. You're a people that he wants to have you proclaiming the excellencies of him. How many remember the darkness? And how many remember what it felt like when he brought you into his marvelous light? Folks, we need to get awake and be reminded of what the ugly used to be. You know, the wretch that he saved was me. Remember the hole he dug you out of? Do you remember that? Because that helps you be so able to worship and to proclaim his marvelous light to proclaim that's part of our ministry as his and we do that such 
in a great way here with loving god and loving others loving god and we put it on t-shirts i see people doing it it's beautiful but here's an example a little short video how that might apply in real life are you ready here we go i guess it started one morning i was sitting in church just a regular sunday morning and um the pastor was talking about missions and long-term and commitment and all of these kinds of things. And I guess normally that would, that would impact me a little bit, but this time it was, it was different somehow. It was like God was pounding on my chest and I just got this huge smile on my face and I was ready. I just started looking at my life and asking myself, what would it look like for me to be on mission all the time and devote my life to that and become a missionary, I guess. I remember growing up in church that missionaries would come visit. I was just always captivated by their stories. And I knew that there was a a world that was so much bigger than my backyard and that there were people in that world who needed to hear about Jesus. And I just, I've always wanted to get out there and have the ability to to tell people about Jesus and see that transform lives. I just kept hearing the same words, planting seeds, nurture, water, tend, person by person, life by life. Don't wait. You're ready. Just go. I felt like I was kind of waiting around like is this something that God would call me into and and when would that happen where would I go what would it look like and then all of a sudden it was like this lightning bolt like there it is there it is it's I mean it seemed almost obvious My name is Bradley Martin, and I am answering God's call to go, and I am a missionary. If you notice, that was next door. We make being a missionary so huge. We think it needs special training and uh, the right clothing packed and the right suitcase, and uh, you know, it could be that when you leave here, you'll do ministry on the, in the parking lot. You'll move ministry wherever you might go. That, that, that's the thing about our Lord when he calls you into being a missionary. But, but our culture, our culture is, mother may I, it's permission-based. It's, are you sure it's okay? And I just want today to tell you, if you're a, 
a follower of Jesus Christ, if you've said yes to him, if he's real to you, if your name is in the Lamb's book of life, can I tell you today, you're a missionary. You're a missionary for Jesus Christ. You've been called to the mission field, and I'm giving you permission, not that you need it for me, but I'm trying to just remove this, this false thing that lays upon us. You're a missionary, and so I want to commission us. Sometimes you say, well, you've got to make it official. We're going to do that today. I'm going to ask you here in a minute to stand up, but let me give you an example. Some people are like, why in the world do we want to have 90 people to be part of the Guthrie uh, 80 Shriners Parade or, or 89er Parade or whatever you want to call it? There's all kinds of words for it, okay? Can I tell you why? Let me just give you a simple uh, thing that missionaries, they call it barefooting. You go out in the where people live, work, and play, and you be, do life, and you carry the presence of God. Remember that spirit has anointed me to do these things, and we go out. Can I tell you, I love that we're going to be walking down the center of, 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 of Oklahoma in the middle of Guthrie in the middle of the day, and I'm going to be prayer walking. Oh, I'm going to be handing stuff out and waving and whatever, but I'm going to say, Jesus, I bless this town. Lord, this little child over here, this family here, this lady over there, this man, bless them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Set them free. I can tell they're troubled. Can you imagine 90 people doing that? Right in the middle of town. You're like, well, isn't it just about promotion? I'm promoting the only thing worth promoting, and that's the Lord. And we're going to have some stuff there, so sign up if you want. But that's the thing. That's the thing. Jesus went in all these places that normally, we go, hell, is that, is that spiritual? Is that, is, that, is that, how spiritual is that? If you're there, it's spiritual because you're carrying the presence of God. And where you're at, the party can be at. The heavenly party, the transforming party, the power. No, I'm, I'm saying you stay out of the things that will trip you up, but let me just say that's just one example. The reason we're going to do a, a family fest out here on the grounds and it's going to be wrapped up in fun. Can I tell you, that I, when Jesus went to sit with the tax collectors, they probably were having fun. But he then got to share with them the love of the Lord. So I want to ask you something. I'm going to pray over us now. I want to ask you, if you will allow me just to humor me, I want to, I acknowledge that I'm a missionary for Jesus Christ. I'd like you to stand up. And if you remain seated, then I'm going to ask you, do you know Jesus Christ? All right. One of the things that I'm going to challenge you missionaries is that we're not only to walk out as a missionaries into this, cult, this culture and, and follow the Lord like missionaries, but we're to also transfer the mantle. We're, we're to transfer the mantle, meaning what we have found in our lives in different ages in here, but that's why we, we believe in the children and the students that we begin to, whether it be at your home, we want to transfer this mantle, the calling of God until he comes back again, and we don't want him to miss the second coming, and we don't want him to be on the wrong side of that decision. And so part of this is, is you saying, I am a missionary, and I'm going to not only grow and proclaim, but I'm going to be sure to transfer what this is amen to pray earnestly to the lord of the harvest to send out laborers there's some three-year-olds in the back they're going to be billy grahams there, there's there's some 12 year olds they're going to be uh, at the stanley they're, 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 i mean I, i'm just telling you, we need to see them that way they're not just like oh i you've been there done that i mean that's i'm you know no we're going to transfer we're going to transfer we're going to transfer the hope that's within us. 
in the streets and wherever we go. So let me pray with you, and then we're going to have a quick baptism. Well, we actually have three. It's going to be a celebration, but what, let me pray. Father, thank you. We praise you for calling us to be missionaries. We praise you that you, where you call us, you empower us. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that's been left for those who believe. We thank you for the Word of God. We thank you that we're in preparation for Resurrection Sunday, and may this year we be so prepared that your kingdom would come and that your will would be done in our hearts in our minds, in our families, in this church, in this town. We pray for every church to be filled. We pray that that 50% in Guthrie, America, and central Oklahoma will climb to no, we can't even imagine. Just, uh, and use us however we can, and God's people said, amen. Amen. All right. Now, you can sit down, but let me tell you how we do baptisms, and they're going to roll this up. We're thinking heaven is just like doing toe touches and and shout outs whenever somebody says yes to baptism. So when they when they finally get all dunked under and they come out, act like you're at the best Super Bowl game ever and your team just won. All righty. I can't think of a better way to end the service this morning. Then we have three baptisms. That's very exciting. So as Pastor Bill said, feel free to celebrate. We're celebrating back here. It's a great thing this morning. So first off, I have Ashley Rainey. And Ashley, you've given your life to Christ. Yes. And you know he's there with you, never going to leave you, never going to forsake you. Yes. You excited? Yes. We were being a lot louder out there, but I know there's excitement. <laughs> Maybe a little nervous, but Ashley, it's my honor and privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Baptize Christ, Christ, walk in here. Next we have Casey Tucci. Her cheering section's right there. <laughs> Casey, have you put your faith and your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes. Are you excited to make this as your declaration to the world that yes. you've fallen Him? Yes. Awesome. Well, then it's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Praise Christ. Praise the Father. This is one of our students, Levi Lowry. Levi, if you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus, yes. are you excited? Yes. Awesome. We were high-fiving back there, I promise. <laughs> he just wants to ready to see. He's ready to do this. Well, man, it is my privilege to baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with Christ. Grace to walk with you this life. Father, now we are your people who have been called by your name. May we go out in your power, in your strength, and in your might. But, Father, let us be gentle, but let us proclaim the goodness and the hope that's within us. We now go as your people. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed. Hug somebody before you leave.